So I just want to open us up in prayer. This message. Dear Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here. I thank you for your presence during worship. I thank you that you would honor us with who you are. That you would honor us with your presence, with everything that we need is accessible through, through you to the Father. And I just ask as we close this time of 21 days in prayer and fasting and as we go over the scripture, Lord, that as a lot of these scriptures through prayer and the prayer prompts every day and the messages have become familiar, God, I pray that you would send your rhema word, that these scriptures and these commands and this love that you pour out to us would be evident in new ways today. That as I read your word, that something new would spark in each of our hearts. Something new would click in our mind, in our relationship with you. God, I pray that you would continue to help our hearts be open and our minds to be open to what you would have to say to us today. Thank you for your word that is available to us all the time. It's so precious. Thank you for giving it to us. Amen. So we've been talking about um, abiding, taking from John 15. And we've talked about to be in Jesus starts out as having received him as Savior. It's a good starting point, right? <laughs> and to remain in Jesus is to stay in close personal relationship with him. Receiving and sharing his and hearing his words and following his guidance. And that's what we've been really putting effort in in our 21 days of prayer and fasting, right? Abiding with Jesus, spending time with him, letting him affect who we are in that moment. And I, I think it's been really good. I've really enjoyed it myself personally. The next one to be in Jesus is to love one another. We abide by living in love serving with love and loving others. So in case you haven't guessed it, today's message is loving each other. Now, like I mentioned during the prayer, you guys are really good at loving each other, right? I saw people going and praying for each other. There were people who picked up someone else's kids this morning and brought them in. Like we have love in this place. But we need to complete this John 15. We need to complete this. So we're going to look a little deeper into what does Jesus mean when, mean when he talks about loving each other? What might that look like? What does the Bible say about it? And that's why I also prayed that God would bring maybe a new thought to you this morning of how you can show love to other people, how you might take another step in that direction. So John 13 says, love each other just as I have loved you. <laughs> you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my followers. That's powerful. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my followers. 
So when I learn more about God's love, right? That's what we've been talking about, learning about God's love, receiving it. I can better receive it when I learn it. I can be changed by it internally, and then I'm filled with it, and then it overflows, and I bring it to other people. So that's kind of the pattern that we're wanting to take steps in through this. So let's go on and read 1 John 4. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. How crazy is that? Do you often ever think that the, the main, like the primary, and it is, but the example of Jesus on the cross is like, that's it. That was God's example of love. But what does it say here? If we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to a full expression in us. We have an opportunity like Jesus did on the cross to express God's love for others the greatness of it, the depth of it, the perfection of it. (laughs) We have that opportunity. 1 John 4, 7. This is my commandment. How many of you can name one of the commandments from the Old Testament? Do I have a few? Name Justin. Do not murder. Do not murder. That's a good one. No adultery. No adultery. Did I see another hand over here? No. No other gods before me. Okay. (laughs) Dual answers. Dueling answers. So we often think of those as the commandments, but what is it saying here? This is Jesus' words. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Does that feel heavy? A little bit, right? But this is not something that we are going to be perfect at. It's something that we get to start in pre-K with in our spiritual walk. We get to be pre-Kers first, and then we go to kindergarten, first, second, third grade, and then you continue on and growing in this. So what does Jesus say? What does he mean when he's saying, love each other in the same way I have loved you? He's talking about agape love, and this is something we talk a lot about. Because it matters. The Bible talks about it a lot. Choosing to give a Jesus kind of love to someone else out of a sincere appreciation and high regard. But really that appreciation and high regard is for Jesus. We have that appreciation and high regard for Jesus and that he loved us so much that it compels us to love other people. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 13, very familiar to all of us, but so powerful. Love is faithful. 
patient, kind, rejoicing in truth, always protects, trusts, hopes, believes the best, perseveres, never fails. Love does not envy, boast, or walk in pride. It treats people in ways that, it does not treat people in ways that are rude, self-seeking, or easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrong. So powerful, so good, and again, feels like a lot to live up to, but that's okay. That's what abiding if Jesus does. It gives us this love. Because it's not our love that we're giving, it's the love of Jesus through us. All right, I'm going to read um, from John 13. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave the world and return to the Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. And then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around him. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. That's pretty simple, right? He was just washing his feet. That was a very practical thing in that time. Shuffling around in sandals, your feet were dirty, and usually this was the servant's job to wash people's feet. And Jesus did it. He is the servant above all. But that's a really simple, practical thing that he was also doing. It was spiritual and practical at the same time. How else can we love each other? Let's keep working in the scripture. Philippians 2.2 talks about loving each other and working together. (laughs) Galatians 5.13 and 14 talks about serving one another in love. Ephesians 4.1-3 talks about making every effort for unity. What's happening? Sorry. There we go. Making every effort for unity. So how do we give love to each other? Well, we can talk about ways of showing love. These are practical. Acts of service. um, Gifts. Quality time. Words of affirmation. Listening and asking good questions. Right? Those are some good things that I think are good for us to check in with ourselves. Are we doing this? Who have I done these things for recently? Who would God put on my heart to do it for one of these things or two of these things for this week? That could be a text. It could be bringing a meal, whatever. All right, so let's go on to some more scripture. Hebrews 10, motivate each other. Don't neglect gathering which you guys are obeying by being here this morning. (laughs) Encourage each other. I love some of the encouragement I hear on Sunday mornings. It's it's very cool. Um, 1 John 3.18, let us not merely say we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. 
And then in Acts, we see that they... Oh, thank you. That's helping me out. And Acts, we see it says devote. They were devoted. They fellowshiped together. They ate meals together. They prayed together. They worked together strategically, right? We see them bringing in resources so that they can give it out with thought. Worshiping together in big groups and eating together in homes. I love that. Right? What a great variety of things to do together as a church family. It's so fun. So what Jesus is asking us to do is to create a community. And that way when we're good at being a community and new people come in, it's easy to just welcome them in to part of the group and then help them learn how to be part of our community. So what is a community? The intentional development of meaningful relationships based on God's purpose and principles, resulting in each person having a sense of belonging, acceptance, and significance. I think one of the key words to this is intentional. Relationships never happen or develop if we are not intentional about it. Intentional about keeping each other in connection, right? Talking, texting, calling, emailing, praying for each other. Making time to set aside for having each other over. It has to be intentional. And this can be so hard. Because have any of you ever had a time where all of a sudden you like, oh my gosh, it's been a month and I, I haven't, other than Sunday morning, talked to anybody. Right? It can be so easy to get to that point because life comes hard and fast. And that's why these words are so good, the idea of intentionality. Making time in your calendar for this. So I want to talk about what it's like to belong to this community. What does it do? Well, if we belong, it means I am part of something where I can give and I can receive. It needs to be both. We give and we receive. But can I tell you, sometimes all we can do is receive. Something happens in our life, whatever it is, illness, um, financial issues, whatever. And we, for whatever reason, don't have capacity to give. And so we have to be on the receiving end. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay, because at some point, your life will change and you will be able to give. And sometimes you're doing really well, financially, mentally, spiritually, you've got your calendar under control, I don't know, (laughs) but you're doing really well and you can give more. And so this is not a, I need to be over here at the giving part all the time and never receive. Did you know that not receiving is actually unbiblical? That we need to be ready to receive both from God but from others. And so it's kind of like a line, a sliding scale that we move back and forth on depending on where our life is and that's okay. That's all right. And so if you need to receive, receive. 
And if you need to give, give. So you're part of something where you can give and receive. You're part of something where you can feel love, acceptance, and affection, where you feel cared for. Also, somewhere where you feel that you are not useless, that you can make a difference, that you are important. This is also a sliding scale sometimes, right? Sometimes just showing up on a Sunday morning may be all you've got. That doesn't mean you're useless. You being here and participating in the service is beautiful mm -hmm. in whatever capacity. You are not useless. Mm -hmm. You have gifts put in you and a personality. God puts you in this church to be part of this body for a reason. And just because of that, you are not useless. You have purpose. Mm -hmm. And if you're not sure how that purpose is going to play out, it's okay. Talk to your life group leader. Talk to Ben and I about it. We'll help you. Because mm -hmm. we want you to feel that you are important. Because you are. But I want to pause right now and I want to pray over this part. Because a lot of times, different emotions and different things in life, our own thoughts and feelings, even an attack from the enemy to try to rob us of our peace and take away unity, can make us look at what I just read and go, no, I don't feel that. And so I want to pray that if you are having some of those emotions, whatever they are, that you have a touch from the Holy Spirit today to help you see who you are and how you belong. So go ahead and bow your heads. You can raise your hands if you want, whatever, but I'm going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, it is so important that we have the right perspective through your word of what it means to belong to the church community. And God, I pray that where any of us are feeling that we've taken too much, and so I need to slip out because I, I, I can't ask anymore. It's not, it's not right for me to ask anymore. God, that you would wipe that away. God, that you would remind us that it's okay to receive and only receive for a while because eventually we will be able to give. And God, for those who sometimes don't feel love or acceptance or affection, who don't feel like they're cared for, God, I pray that you would strip off layers from our hearts and take the scales off of our eyes to help us see where first you have loved and accepted and cared for us and to remind us of how over the years, weeks and days, other people have loved and cared and accepted for us. And God, for those that might feel useless, that they're not important, God, what a lie from the enemy this is. Mm -hmm. To strip us of 
the knowledge that you, Heavenly Father, the Creator, put in us something that is valuable, mm -hmm. that we matter to our body, the body of Christ. We matter to this church. And God, I just come against right now any thoughts that our enemy would have to try to strip us of peace and joy, to strip us of our identity that you gave us. Lord, I pray that you would put a hedge of protection around our minds and our hearts. And God, for those who feel disconnected right now, I pray that you would do a miraculous work of sealing the gaps and binding us together with cords of love that cannot be broken. That we would be a true reflection of your church, of Jesus Christ on this earth. And Lord, help us as a body to recognize when someone else isn't doing well. Mm -hmm. I pray that the prophetic gift would be stirred up, that words of knowledge would be stirred up, and that we would be able to recognize when something has happened, and that we would encourage each other and love on each other and pray for each other. God, help us to be a true community. Help us to be the true family of God. In the name of Jesus, amen. So outside of Sunday mornings, well, and including Sunday mornings, how can we do this? Well, we connect by gathering on weekends for worship. This is, this is from the Bible. <laughs> to receive and respond to his love. You can have very powerful times with the Lord on your own, but times in unity of worship together with other people is, it's different. There's something amazing and beautiful about it and so that's why when you're here on Sunday mornings and you come on time and you get to be part of the entire worship there is this sense of grace and change that the Holy Spirit brings a sense of this presence that is so precious and special so we connect here we grow by meeting in small groups for prayer learning and sharing life I'm going to come back to that in a minute um, and we share by living Jesus and sharing his love every day and everywhere. So connect on Sunday, life groups where we can have more intimate time of prayer, usually a little slower. We don't have another church coming in afterwards, <laughs> right? And then sharing Jesus's love with others. I want to go back to the life group thing. Life group is where we get connected with life-giving relationships. Church works and this is church not here on sunday mornings this building but church family works best when we are sharing life and nobody stands alone i'll be honest with you i've been in life groups that i did not like for a variety of reasons and i know i've talked to you about this before where because of my parents responsibility in the church in portland we would go from life group to life group to life group so i never felt this connection I never got to go below, here's a bunch of adults I don't know, I wish I wasn't here, right? <laughs> and then we had a life group of young marrieds um, in Portland, and that's where the first time it was like, I got this. It was so fun, life-giving, and we prayed for each other, we laughed with each other, we ate with each other, it was amazing. And then here in our church, as life group has morphed and changed over the years, and different people have been, I have learned more and more how precious life is, how much I love to be there. 
And so I would encourage you to stay connected with your life group. And if you're not in one, please attend. Because you're missing a piece. This is where we ask questions, learn about each other, where we share prayer requests that don't get shared on Sunday morning, where we learn hilarious stories about each other or life difficulties. It brings relationship to a deeper level than you'll ever get here on a Sunday morning. And so I would encourage you to be a part of life groups. So what can we do this week? Well, like I said earlier, be intentional about building relationships to best love each other. So how? We can pray about it, consider, think about it, make plans, and set aside time, energy, and money for it. Doesn't have to be all three. Choose one. <laughs> well, generally, energy and time and energy and money. So energy. <laughs> What's the next step? Follow through. We can make all kinds of plans in here, but there is a big leap from here to actually making it happen, right? And so sometimes we have a lot of uh, going up here, a lot of planning, and then we never actually do it. So let's follow through. Even if that means, hey, so-and-so, I was going to ask you if we could go out for coffee this week, and then my life went bonkers. Three of my kids are sick. I can't do it. But can we schedule it for another time? Right? That's a step forward. Then they know that you thought of them, that you were planning something, and if it didn't work, it's okay, stuff happens, right? But there's still that connection point. So follow through somehow. And then if things are crazy or someone says or does something that makes us feel maybe not as unified as we could be, <laughs> forgive them and then repeat, let's plan. Let's follow through and do something and then forgive and repeat. So I want to talk about what are the benefits of all of this? Because we're going to benefit each other, but it benefits us. So John, the first one is joy. John 15, 11 says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. <laughs> And this is in reference to everything we've been talking about this last month, right? Abiding, listening to the words of Jesus, and then giving love to others and spending time with each other. Those things together bring joy. And I'll tell you, if you're missing one of those things, your joy is not complete. This is a, we do all of these things, starting first with our relationship with Jesus, and then we get joy. This is Augustine. Jesus speaks of joy that we can have through him as we face life's trials, as well as the joy he has over us through the grace he has given us. Do you know that you give Jesus joy? And then his joy is available even when life is unstable or feels unstable. So talk about joy. Now I'm going to talk about peace as another one. Now John 14 and 15, we've been talking about 15, but 14 is also like the beginning of this conversation, right? And you'll see, if you read them, you'll see these continuing patterns of loving God, loving, you know, Jesus loving us and all of this. And, 
And 14, it talks about one of the benefits, besides Jesus sending us the Holy Spirit, is peace. And he says, Jesus says, I'm leaving with you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So if it is a gift the world cannot give, it's not because of the world we have peace. Peace from God does not equal peace in the world. I want you to, I want you to hear this. Peace from God is not dependent on your finances. Peace from God is not dependent on your health. Peace from God is not dependent on war that is going on in our, in our world. The peace of God is a gift from God and it is separate from the world. When Jesus was talking about this, the people he, were, he was talking to were living in a time of great strife and unrest. There was no peace around them. And yet he promises peace to them. So when we are shaken by things in the world or things that we hear people say or whatever it is, we can go and abide with Jesus and one of the gifts that he pours into us is his peace beyond our ability to understand. And so if you are not feeling peace today, abide with Jesus. Spend time with your church family. And peace is one of the gifts that Jesus is going to give you. Another one is a community of love. Jesus directs us to give love to each other. This includes being intentional to build relationships within the community of faith, our local church, and give the love of Jesus to each other. That is those people with whom you are following Jesus with, people with whom you may develop misunderstandings, hurt, or offenses. What? Hurt, misunderstanding, and offenses happen in the church? Yeah, they do. But we need to know how to properly handle that. The hurt and offenses provide the opportunity to walk in the forgiveness of Jesus. This provides an opportunity to avoid gossip. What is gossip? What? He said, she said, talking about someone else's problems when you don't have a right to, right? Bringing else, someone else into the conversation when you shouldn't. Even if that's for a prayer request, if you're bringing up someone's prayer request and they have given you permission, that's gossip and prayer. Avoid gossip. Avoid passive, aggressive communication. Whew or talking with other people about the circumstance before having talked to the person involved, right? Biblical principle that there's something that someone has did or done or said to you that hurts and you've gone to Jesus and it's not, not clicking over into I'm okay now. <laughs> then what do we do? Jesus says you go to that person. I don't go to Daniel and say, Daniel, so-and-so made me so angry. 
Will you pray with me about that? No, Daniel, if I ever do that, I want you to say to me, Rebecca, I'm not listening. I'm going to be praying for you, but you need to end this conversation and go talk to that person. Right? Will you do that for me? Will you all do that for me? Yes. Will you all do that for each other? Mm-hmm. Give the other person an opportunity to explain. Mm-hmm. Let there be an opportunity for forgiveness and prayer. Let there be an opportunity for unity to be restored. There is a tremendous benefit to building resilient relationships with the commitment to love each other, right? Mm -hmm. Resilient relationships. Mm -hmm. All right, so closing out this whole month of abiding with Jesus, what should we do? Spend time and energy to be with Jesus, available for his influence. It can be very easy for us to go over, did it, 21 days, I did it. Yes, and now I'm going to move on. This time was not for just this time. This was to practice with focus what we should continue doing. Right? So let's continue to abide. Listen to Jesus. He says, my words remain in you. Pray and obey the words of Jesus. Now, (laughs) a life group on uh, Thursday, Justin, who led the discussion, gave us homework because he's a teacher. (laughs) And I loved it. Because I had already planned to challenge you with the same thing this morning. And he challenged us to take some of the verses from John 15 or another passage if we felt led and to write it down and to memorize it. And then next time we have life group, we're going to recite them for each other. It's hard for Jesus' words to remain in us if we only skim over them as we read We need to study. We need to memorize. So quickly, just a challenge. Memorize a scripture. Even if it's just one, start there. And you will be amazed at how useful that scripture is going to be for you. What else should we do? Love each other the way Jesus did. In motivation, mode, and method. With gracious humility. Walk out, and number four, walk out your spiritual life in community, out in the open. This is me. I failed this week. I need help. Out in the open. So that other people may encourage your decision to grow closer to Jesus. I screwed up this week. I need your help. I feel disconnected from Jesus. Help me. That's what your church family's for. Mm-hmm. It's not horrible, horrible, horrible that you didn't that you did something and that now you feel disconnected with Jesus. No, it gives us an opportunity to shower love on you, to shower grace on you, to be a community and encourage one another. There you go. Abiding with Jesus, listening to his word and him, 
Loving others equal joy, peace, and true community. So there, wrapped up the whole series for you. <laughs> uh, so I want to close in prayer, and then I'll give you some instructions for our meal downstairs, which I'm super excited and hungry because I've been smelling it this whole time, as I'm sure you have. Um, let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your words. The living, breathing rhema word of the Bible that is constantly new. And I pray, Lord, that you would seal this 21 days of prayer and fasting like a new covenant between us and you. I know that each thing that we have given up and the extra moments we have spent with you have been such a great incense to you, such great worship. God, I pray that you would propel and encourage each of us to not stop here. But let that abiding in you continue and only deepen and increase. God, help us to remember that you loved us first, that you are always with us, and that we have a family around us that cares and loves loves each other and loves us in a way that is available because of your love. Help us to grow in community and strengthen each other so that when other people come, they get enveloped into a community of love and trust and acceptance and help that they've never felt before. Let us be experts in abiding with you and showing love to each other. I also pray that you would bless the food that we eat together today. Thank you for the hands that prepared it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Mm